Good evening. Um, welcome to Holy Cross Missionary Baptist Church tonight. Um, this is our Monday night prayer meeting, and um, we just, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for watching and thank continue to, to watch and share our program. We're here tonight. We've had uh, a lot of prayer requests and a lot of uh, families dealing with situations and death in their families and all different things, but, you know, we if you get in your word, get in, get in God's word, and what I, I'm going to speak just a minute, and I got Caleb's going to do some speaking too. Um, it is so comforting, and Caleb, in knowing what God's got. And if we just take what He has given us, which is the Word of God, and use it, apply it to our lives, you know, things will change in our lives. And we have what I want to talk about tonight is confidence. Okay? Um, confidence in the Lord you know um, I'm going to go ahead and, and just pray um, if you have a prayer request tonight um, we would love to pray for you I know there's many that watch our program um, send your prayer request Kendall is on the camera right now she's going to be uh, she can help me watch it to see if there's anybody who got a prayer request we would love to pray for you and uh, we just thank you for watching our program there's a few of us here tonight there's many that's not here um, we're going to pray for them as well. So we're just going to bow our heads and we'll go to the Lord in prayer, okay? Dear, kind, and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we so much thank you, Lord, for all that you do and all that you have done. God, you continue to bless us. You continue to help us and teach us and, and, and do the things of God that you are so great at. And, Lord, we are so, uh, we fail. I'm so glad that I have a God that I can count on. And I'm so glad that, God, you hear and answer prayers. Lord, uh, you are always there. You are almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing. And, God, you just teach us in your word what we should do, and we just should have faith and trust in you. And, God, I'm so thankful that we have that and that we can turn to something that is, is true and, and is right. God, I'm so glad that we have you. And, I, Lord, I just pray for this service tonight. Lord, I pray for a special anointing on myself. Lord, I pray for a special anointing on Caleb. I pray for every prayer request that we had mentioned here tonight. Lord, we had a, a pretty long, lengthy prayer request session, Lord, and I know there was many. God, we just pray that you will hear and answer those prayers if it be thy will. And we thank you for doing it. We're going to claim them all. We thank you for loving us, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight, to start out with, I want to go to the book of John in chapter 16. And he, Jesus is talking, and he's talking to his disciples and teaching them about being confident being confident in what God can do and what God has done and so it's just like you know I'm gonna use this for example if I when I was in sports and I used to play ball I would go up to the plate I played baseball and basketball and football but when I went up to the plate I was very confident I knew that I was going to get a hit. I knew that. And I was confident in that. So when I went up there, it didn't matter how fast the guy was throwing or how good of a curveball he had or how great this pitcher was. I was very confident when I went up to the plate that I was going to get a hit. Now, at times, I would not be as confident. And when my confidence was lacking, more than likely, Paula, I would go up there and not get a hit because I had lack of confidence. But when my confidence was high, I could step up to the plate and I was just like, oh, this is on. I, I, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to get a hit. And Jesus is here in John chapter 16 trying to teach his disciples about being confident. About being confident in what you pray about. Being confident in what God ha- will do, can do in your life. And so you think, well, I have, uh, sometimes I have a, a hard time trusting. I have a hard time believing. That is the lack of confidence. But you got to understand that the more time you spend with God and the more time that you are doing what he wants you to do and you're being faithful to study his word, Caleb, and you, and you do these things, that God, it's your confidence in God, Courtney, will grow. And the more confident you are, you say, well, most people today, they're like, well, I need to call the preacher. i gotta get the, I got to call the preacher to pray for me. Why do they do that? Who do they have confidence in? In the preacher. Because they say, well, the preacher, I'm going to call him because he's confident. I'm going to call him. So who do you want to go up to the plate? You want your best hitter? You want your number one hitter, your number four hitter, or do you want your number nine hitter? Or do you want somebody just coming? Who do you want? I want the one who's going to, I know is going to get a hit, right? And so that's what we lack. And Jesus is trying to teach the disciples here. He's like, look, I want you to have confidence in me and what I've done because I'm going to show you that I already know and I can do all things. And if you're confident in God to do that, he'll hear and answer your prayers. If you're not confident, we've, we've talked about it, I don't know how many times where people come to the altar or people go up there and get anointed and they go back to their seat just as defeated. Why? Because they don't have confidence in getting healed. And they'll come up here and they'll say, I want to be, I want you to anoint me. And they'll go back to their seat with no confidence that God heard their prayers and that God answered their prayers. Right? And they don't, you're not going to get it. Let me ask you something. Why would God heal you if you have no confidence in him that he will do it? You're not. God's not going to do that. He's like, well, you don't believe me. You don't trust me. So you're basically saying that I can't do it. And that's where we struggle. Instead, we just should believe and trust in the one that can because he can there is nothing there is absolutely nothing that our God cannot do okay if you read your Bible you'll see all these situations in throughout the Old Testament throughout the New Testament where God has blessed these people answered their prayers what is any different than a God of now God does not change. God answered their prayers. He'll answer your prayers if you have confidence in God. So let's go to John chapter 16. And just read this a little bit. And I'm not going to take much time because Caleb's got something that we all need up here too. I may just read this really fast. In St. John chapter 16, let's just go to verse 7 and probably read from here. It says, Nevertheless, now this is in red letters, 
So who's talking? It's Jesus. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for ye for you that I go away. And if I and if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And then it goes on in verse 9, 10, and 11. Jesus is explaining to him those last three things that he was talking about. He was talking about judgment, righteousness, okay, of sin, number verse 9, because they do, they believe not on me. Okay? Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. And of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. So there's three things that he's talking about here. Number one, sin. Okay? The first thing that you've got to have or cannot have in your life, if you want God to answer your prayers, is sin, okay? And so, Courtney, just like you were saying last night, you were saying, you know, thinking about big sin, you were talking about having big sin and little sin. And you was like, well, we didn't, we didn't have big sin. You're right. We think big sin is what? You said it, drugs, alcohol, adultery, idolatry, but there's also little sins that we don't think about that keeps us and will keep God from answering our prayers. And so you can have all the confidence in the world, but if you got sin there, it ain't gonna happen. Next, verse 10 of righteousness. Because I go to my Father and you see me no more. So of sin, of righteousness, and the last one of judgment. Because the prince of this world is judged. Talking about who? The devil. And so we keep going here now. It says, I have yet many things, and he's talking to his disciples, to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, who the Spirit, the one he's talking about, of truth is come, well, he's going to tell you what he's going to do. He will guide you into all truth, and he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever he shall hear, that shall he speak he will show you things to come. Okay? I'm going to keep reading. He shall glorify me. Talking about the Spirit, right? The Comforter. For he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto who? You. So he's saying, look, the comforter's got to come. The comforter is going to come. I go away so that the comforter does come so that you have these things in your heart. You're going to know them. And so let's keep reading. It says, a little while, and you shall, see, you shall not see me. And again, a little while, and you shall see me because I go to the Father. Then said some of the disciples among themselves, and ain't that just like what we do? What is it that this saith, what is this that he saith unto us? A little while, 
and ye shall not see me, and again a little while ye shall see me, and because I go to the Father. They're sitting there saying, what is he talking about? That's what they're trying to understand. What is Jesus trying to teach us here? Just like we all do, right? What is, what, is the, what is the preacher trying to tell us? What is the teacher trying to teach us? They said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while we cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus, what? Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto him, Do you inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while, and ye shall not see me, and again a little while, and ye shall see me? Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. And so what he's saying here is like, look, I'm fixing to die. He's trying to explain to them, I'm fixing to go to the cross. I'm fixing to pay for your sins. And so at, when you look at it at first, we think, well, Jesus is going to die. And they're all upset. And they were like getting, we're going to get upset. Peter was upset when Jesus told him that because he was like, I don't want you to die. And that's why Jesus like, get thee behind thee, Satan. What was he trying to teach him? He's like, look, God's will is going to be done. And this is going to take place. And at first, at first, we don't want it to happen. But if that didn't happen, what would we not have? Salvation, right? If he didn't die for our sins, if he didn't come back, that's why he says here, and now ye that and now and ye there now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice in your joy. No man taketh from you. What's he talking about? Who lives in your heart? Because of he went and he died. So you, we look at it like these things, and just bear with me because this, we're about to get to the confidence part here. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name? And what does he say here? Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. And so, what is he trying to teach us here today? About that confidence that I just talked about. Being confident and saying, should I have to always call on the preacher? Should I have to always call on a deacon should I have to do these things you should have confidence that when you pray that because Jesus came and died and told you all these things Caleb he is going to do it he told them what was about to take place and what took place everything that he said he says look I'm about to die and when I die I'm going to go away and you're going to be sorrowful but then after that the comforter is going to come and you're going to be happy all these things took place before it happened. And so you should have confidence in saying, you know what? This old boy told me the truth. And that's ain't that what Jesus said? He says, I'm going to tell you the truth. Okay? These things have I spoken. Well, let's back up. 
And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye ask in the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, which is just sayings. But the time cometh when you shall no more speak, when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, which is the sayings, but I shall show you what? Plainly. Not foggy. Not where you can't have see it. You're not wondering. I'm going to show it to you, Scotty, plainly. Because that, that's who I am and that's who the Father is. And he's saying, this is what you've got to understand. And I, but I will show you plainly of thy Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray to the Father for you. For the Father, listen to this, for the Father himself, God, loveth you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. Okay, so what, what was the difference there? What was the key word there? Believe. You've got to believe. You've got to believe in your prayer. You've got to believe when you come up to the altar that God heard your prayer. You've got to believe when you come to be anointed that God is going to heal you. You've got to come to the altar and say, God, I can't handle this by myself. You can. I can't. But you've got to believe and have confidence. So like I said, when I, was in, when I played sports and I went up to the plate and I stepped up to the plate, I knew that I was going to get a hit. I was confident. When you step up to the free throw line and you're going to shoot a foul shot, Josh, if you believe you're going to make it or versus you believe you're going to miss it, which one do you have a better chance at? If you believe that you're going to make it, you've got a better chance. But if you walk up there and say, you know what, I'm going to miss this free throw or I'm going to miss this ball when they throw it to me, that's not having no confidence. And it's not going to work out. Never. You've got to have confidence. And Jesus is trying to teach them here. You've got to have confidence. I've showed you. I've told you. The things that I've already done throughout the word of God. What makes it any different in this time than it is our time? Either sin or not believing. Right? And so that's what he's trying to say here. He says... For the, the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and I am come into the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. And listen here, I'm about done. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverb, which is a saying, Now are we sure. Now are we sure. That thou knowest all things. This is, this is not Jesus saying here. It says, we are sure. The disciples said, now I know, Jesus. I am sure that you are the son of the living God. You are the one that came. You did come from God. And I can believe you. And I can trust you. Because you've told me the truth. You showed me the truth. 
And his disciples said to him, Lo, thou speakest now plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest from forth from God. And Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Do you now believe? Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, and is now come, that ye shall be scattered every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. And these things I have spoken unto you, that in me, in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Because he says, I have overcome the world. So that's what I want you to get tonight is when we come together and we pray and when you come to the altar, believe and trust. It's so hard. But if you don't believe, I promise you it's not going to be the, it's going to be the opposite. You're not, people are not getting saved today. People are not getting healed today. For the biggest reason why? And they don't believe. They don't trust. Okay? They that is faith. That is exactly right. Now Caleb's got a little something he's going to do. And, and Butch may get to it here soon. He might have something he wants. what Jesus was saying because I've studied his word and he's taught me what his life is all about just like Marty was teaching us tonight and reminding us what his life was all about but I thought about the one thing you said there uh, Marty that uh, he, he was trying to prepare people that he was going to die not only was he trying to prepare them that he was going to die, but we was going to die too. Uh, and first of all, we had to die out to sin in order to live for him. Yep. But where he said, now you have sorrow because I'm going to die. I just left Charlie and Helena's and he went home to be with the Lord today. And I said, Helena, honey, I don't have no words other than to lead you right back to Jesus because he's the one you got to hold on to and keep looking to to give you strength to get through this. And, uh, and I know you've been through this before and you're going through it again. And I said he helped you through that. He'll help you through this. Amen. Now, what he was trying to say also there, Marty, and what you was teaching on this morning, he knowed not only was we going to have sorrow for him, but was going to have sorrow when our loved ones died. Just like we had sorrow when we learned about what Jesus went through. And it, I've cried many times on account of that. Amen. Because it put sorrow in my heart. Amen. Because he died for me. He died for me. Okay. But 
he comforted them. He gave them everything. He gave us everything we needed before he left to go be with the Father, to make intercede for us. So he, he told them this. When he left, he was going to leave and prepare a place for us. Amen. And, and if he goes to prepare a place for us, he'll come again and receive us unto himself that where he is we may be also. Amen. And so now when we have continual heartache down here, loved ones, friends, relatives, neighbors, they die. And our only hope is what the hope that Jesus, that God give us through his son Jesus. Amen. And so we don't have to be torn down. There's a lot of people uh, after our loved one is taken away, they can't handle it and they'll go on and commit suicide. And it's simply because they didn't have Jesus to trust in. He was there for them all along. Yep. But he said his grace was sufficient. Amen. And so when we take his word to our heart and the, what he went through, he knowed we was going to go through similar things, but not like he had to because he took all of our sins upon him. But uh, ain't it a wonderful thing today knowing just like when our loved ones die uh, and, and they're suddenly taken away and, and we're really not expecting it. Even if you are expecting it, you're not prepared for it. Nope. And you can never prepare for something like that. They weren't prepared to see their Savior be taken away from them. But he says, what you see ain't what matters. It's what you don't see. And so that's what, how he told us to build upon our faith through Christ himself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God like you're being taught here tonight and remembered of the word of God. And so, you know, we have been blessed so much to still have him in us, even though we can't see him, Caleb, but we know he lives in our heart. Amen. For he's greater than we are and He's the only reason that we're sitting here tonight because we chose him rather than to choose the world any longer. And we had to die out into the world to come together tonight Amen. and to be in his good graces and to walk in his righteousness for his name's sake, not ours. Uh, I, I do what I do for my Lord. Amen. Amen. Yep. I do it for my Lord and that he can live through me and be a blessing through my life and through the lives of all y'all. And that's why I'm so blessed when I see you taking part, growing in the Lord, and, and it encourages me to, to do more. It encourages me to try to hang on as long as I can Amen. to help see you through because I want to be there. Like I told the, all of them that come up to the altar here Sunday and and I told them how much I loved them and, and uh, how proud I was to be their pastor and to be here. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, and I needed them as much as they need me. Amen. And uh, that's the way it is with the body of Christ. We need one another. And then when we have tragedy or heartache come into our life, there's, there's Christ. He's there for us. And when nobody else can do anything, you know, I was helpless up there a while ago. Helena, her little heart's broke, and I was helpless. 
But they was they was someone in me that stirred up, helped stir up her remembrance, helped strengthen her that Christ is going to be there for her and he's going to help her. And children, that's all we can be. We just got to be more like Jesus every day so we can be a blessing to somebody else. And I love All right, so that was some good stuff from Marty right there that we all needed to hear. We all need to take the heart too, and I feel like one thing that's been kind of, I guess, something I heard today that I really took to heart was when you're listening to whoever's preaching, no matter who it is, sometimes we tend to just listen to the words instead of listen to what's being said to us personally. So I just want y'all to remember that as we go on. I'm going to talk a little bit about an, an evangelist and y'all get a little bit more out of it once I start talking. But we'll first go to Ephesians chapter 4. And we'll start, uh, let's see. Actually, yeah, we'll, st we'll start in Ephesians. So, I looked up the definition before we get into the word. I looked up the definition of an evangel evangelist. And it is a preacher of the gospel. So, I put that in my own words, for instance, and I put a person that visits other churches or a place and preaches the gospel. That's what my definition would be about evangelists. So let's get into some words right here. So Ephesians chapter 4, and let's see, I'll start in 10. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, man, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in 
grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So, let's go back to 11 read that one more time. And it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So, I jotted down a few notes here. And that said, 11 tells us that he gave some. Okay, so we are all part of the same, part of some of those. So, for instance... Each and every one of us, we're all individuals, but we each have a part in being a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher. We all have a part in that. So, we're all chosen by Him, by God and Jesus, to do His will, not ours. We all know that. So, you don't have to be called to preach and teach like I was. But I feel like you don't have to be necessarily called to do it. But God expects you to do something yeah. for him. You get what I'm saying? He might not call you to do a certain uh, teaching or preaching or anything like that. But you're still needing to do something for him. It's all about a sacrifice. So he gave his life for us, correct, as a sacrifice. So we, like you said a while ago, we have to die out daily. That's our sacrifice to him so we can live for him. Does that make sense? So I feel like we're all called to do something. When we receive the Holy Ghost, that's when something changes. That's when we are getting called to do one of these. So... When you accept Jesus for who he is, you get saved, born again. All right, that is the time, your first steps, that's the time where he's molding you, correct? So he's molding you into the person that you're to become, and then he'll lead you in the way that you need to be led if you follow him. But see, we still have to follow him. That's That's the thing. You still have to be in touch with him and keep following after his footsteps or else you're going to get led astray. Amen. So, um, I put down also this, and I truly believe this. God didn't just shed his blood for the preachers or evangelists. He shed it for anyone who ex- who would accept him. So, it wasn't, it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to, you know, shed my blood for this person because... You know, they're going to be a preacher. No, it was for every single one of us. It's for every single one of us. And a lot of people don't understand that you can be living in sin and still get saved. I mean, that's what he's there for. That's what he does. So people don't understand that. They think that they have to come clean and be clean before they can have salvation. But that's not the whole reason why he died. That ain't why he walked with the people of the world. You get what I'm saying? That's why he chose the disciples because they were such vast 
of people that walked in the world. Uh, Peter, he was chasing after money. We see that whenever we go back and uh, look through Matthew and uh, Mark and how he was chasing after money because he was in debt. He was chasing after the fish, trying to get fish to pay his debt off. But yet he kept, he was stuck out there in that boat, kept casting his net. What happened? Nothing came up. And then Jesus showed up. He's like, why don't you cast on the other side? And he's probably thinking, man, I've done this, you know, all night. I've been sitting here all night trying to cast my net. And he's like, why don't you cast on the other side one time? So let's get back into some more word right here. Let's go into 2 Timothy. We'll go into chapter 4. And I've, I've preached out of this before. I think I preached over at Mount Vernon a little bit about the instant it talks about in 2. So I'm going to go ahead and start in verse 1. It says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. That's happening today. You just keep watching. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So it's telling how I take that is we have to make full proof of thy ministry. So what does that mean in a sense of how I took it is we have to make sure that is what God is wanting us to do. We have to make full proof of what he's wanting us to do in the ministry that he's put us in. And the ministry could just be going out and talking to people and spreading the word, inviting them to church. Okay, I'm going to touch on that here in a minute, hopefully, if God lets me. And... Uh, this is telling us to put our whole heart and soul in following him and doing his work. So th that is full proof that we can follow him. When it's the last time, when is the last time that you went to your neighbor's house and told them about God? That was a question to write down to not only y'all, but myself. <laughs> And I might step on some toes here in a minute, but if you're speaking the truth from God, he's going to step on your toes. That's just it. Thank you, sir. And let's see. So, I have even failed God when it comes to telling people about God. That's what I was saying, that I've even done it myself. It ain't just y'all that's doing it. It's me included. I mean, I'm just as guilty as y'all are. So, my question, there's another question. So, what are we afraid of when we go out and tell people? So, what is the, let's break down the name of the church. All right, Holy Cross Missionary Baptist, correct? Right. 
So let's take that missionary. All right, let's take the word missionary. What does it mean? Go out into the world. Okay, exactly. Spread the gospel. Exactly. Basically, an evangelist, correct? So, why do times, when we go out, we get scared? God tells us to say something or do something, and we get scared because other people will look at us differently. That's what it's all about, Caleb. It's always about fear. Mm -hmm. If you don't do it, it's on account of your fear to do it. Yep. So, on that, so if you're afraid of that person, or I'm just going to use, for instance, if you're afraid of man over God, where is that going to lead you? Just think about it. Where is it going to lead you if you're afraid of man more than you are God? So I looked it up, and one thing that it told me was it tells us 365 times to fear not in the Bible. Amen. So why do we continue to fear? 365, what does that also equal? That's one Exactly. So why do we keep fearing? What's the sense of it? Why, why are we not going out? Why are we not being missionary instead of we're staying we're staying here and we're comfortable with it? Yeah. That's what it is. We're comfortable with it. So let me let me get a get a little bit deeper into it. So if we are called to be missionary, we go to a missionary Baptist church, all right? And we are members. All right, we're members. Our job from being a member of the church is to go out, is it not? If you're, if you're a member of Holy Cross Missionary Baptist, there it is, missionary, then we are to go out. We're supposed to be evangelists for God. So, so let me ask you this. So if you go out and you ask someone to come to church and they don't show up, you get discouraged, correct? All right, well, let's put it this way. God didn't just call us to be in the church. Like, yes, we're supposed to be, you know, amongst one another so we can have fellowship and we can learn. But we're also to be evangelists. We're supposed to go out to do His will. I feel like God is probably going to save more people. And this might be stepping on some toes, but I feel like God's going to save more people outside of the church than he is inside the church. And I'll tell you that because who lives outside of the church? Who likes to roam outside of the church and doesn't like to come in? The devil himself. He, he likes to do that. So when we go out. Oh, he likes to come in when we let him. Well, yeah, when we let him ride our backs right in here. So... So why does he get why does the devil get afraid of Jesus? Why is he afraid of Jesus? Let me ask you that. Because he knows. He exactly, he knows. He knows. <laughs> he knows that he would get whooped if he ever picked a battle. And he's trying his best to get as many people on his side. But yet we already know the outcome. We're gonna win. Amen. So why are we still sitting here afraid of man? Afraid of the devil? Instead of God. 
when we know deep in our hearts that we're going to win, why are we still afraid? Amen. All right, so let's be evangelists. First off, let me just get that out there. Let's be evangelists. Let's go out. We need to seek them. All right, they ain't going to come to us. We are missionaries. We go to them. They don't come to us. So even though you go and you invite people and they don't show up, well, maybe that's because you need to go to them more often, not just invite them one time. Amen. Let me say something that's important about doing missionary work. Go ahead. There's a family that lives close to me that uh, they never, you know, just pass by and never, you know, look my way or anything. And uh, the Lord laid it on my heart to go visit. <laughs> so I was scared to death. <laughs> yeah. But I went and knocked on the door. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? I said, well, I just neighbor I live up here I just want to come by and introduce myself and uh, talk to you about the Lord do you mind if I come in and they said well I don't guess so I went on in you know and I talked to them a little bit and then uh, I could tell they didn't want me there the whole time I was there and uh, before I left uh, I said what God told me to say, and before I left, I asked him, could I have prayer with him? And uh, he said, well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I prayed, and uh, I left, you know. And uh, I really care about these people. And uh, so uh, the Lord told me, he said, uh, you do everything you can to show them people that you are you are a nice person, that I live in your heart, that you care about them. And so I'd go out of my way if they come by the house to make sure I waved and smiled and, mm -hmm. and uh, or, you know, if they needed something, you know, I try to help them uh, uh, when, you know, I just tried to go out of my way to be good to them. Amen. That's part of your missionary work. Yeah. <clears throat> Don't take that as a loss. Now, right. I still ain't had the opportunity to really witness to them again. Yeah. But one day I will. Yep. Amen. And then there was another person, and y'all know who it was, that walked up and down the road, and I went the same night, the same day, and that was one we call Abe. He walked our roads all the time. He pick up cans and do this and that. And so one day, uh, I know where he lived down there, and uh, I seen him on the road one day, and uh, I, I just stopped and talked to him a minute. And, uh, and it was about, I don't know, a few days later, and the Lord told me to, he told me to go to this other place. After I got through there, he said, go down there and see him. So I went down there and knocked on their door. And, and you know, uh, he, he, he was, seemed like he was glad to receive me, and, and, and he listened to what I say, and he ended up coming to church and giving his heart to the Lord. And, Amen. And, you know, uh, uh, and so, uh, and then, you know, he she come here for a few years, and then he got moved off to another place, and I hadn't seen him no more. But <clears throat> we can't 
just give up. We got to keep on praying. I try to pray for these people a lot, mm -hmm. uh, especially when I'm laying in my bed at night. Yeah. I pray for them. I ain't going to call out their name or anything. God knows who they are. But uh, I care about them. Mm -hmm. I care about them. And now, when I see them, because I've been nice to them, they, they, yeah. they're being nice to me. They yep. stop every once in a while and talk to me. And, you know, and uh, we're starting to connect a little mm -hmm. bit. Amen? Yeah. That's part of your what your calling is. You're talking about all of us may not have the same, same calling, but we're in the same body. Mm -hmm. yep. And that body starts at the top of your head to the tip of your toes. Yeah. Me and you are somewhere in between in that body. Mm -hmm. We're somewhere. You may be up here and I may be down here somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. <coughs> but I know that God has put me in a bo body uh, that he can use me for mm -hmm. his honor and glory and if I just sit back and never do nothing, then it, yeah. it ain't going to amount to too much. That's right. Amen? That's right. Okay. Some, someone's got to be the fingers to reach out. Amen. Fingers and hands you and don't, arms You don't to give up out. because you didn't succeed. Mm -mm. You uh, try to become a light and, and, and live in a situation. I got people in my own family that I've witnessed to several different times. And they still ain't received Jesus, but I, I ain't give up on them. Amen. Right. I still love them. And yeah. uh, they still love me because I'm family, but, you know, they don't see things the way I see. Yeah. But I'm praying for them. I ain't giving up on them. That's right. <clears throat> Let's go into Second Timothy chapter 1. And we'll start in verse 8. And it says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his works. Purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Who is the Gentiles? We are. Exactly. So, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound works which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto the keep of, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us, does he not? This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are 
don't know how to say that word. Fidelis. I don't see where you're at. Fifteen. Okay, thank you. Hermogenius. Okay. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, or Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. Did he not with all of us? He searched us out very diligently. I mean, very carefully, and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy and mercy of the Lord in that day, and in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus. Thou knowest very well. So let's go into, let me start, go way back to verse 8. It says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. So, it says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Well, his testimony was that he is the one. He will always be the one and will always lead us to him. So, I wrote down, uh, let's see, okay, <laughs> I said, if we don't get our toes smashed from time to time, are we living for God or ourselves, which is the devil, when we're living for ourselves. So now I'm going to go into 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 9. And it says, Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Is that not true? It's not bound. We still have it right here. Therefore, I will endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. It is faithful, saying, For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. So, just like Papa mentioned a while ago, he died and was telling the disciples that we're going to die too someday. Yeah. But see, we have to be seeking him, okay, constantly. So, if we're not seeking him, will he know us? We're not seeking him. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So I wrote down, God's not bound by anything. He's not. He's almighty and all powerful. He ain't bound by nothing. The devil one day, he's going to be bound by something. And if we go to hell, it's your choice. If you go to hell, then we're going to be bound by something. Correct? We're going to have eternal damnation. Which means you're going to be sitting there in torment. And it says in Revelation, it's a gnashing of teeth. When it, whenever they come and the rapture comes, gnashing of teeth. Do you all understand what gnashing of teeth is? 
I don't I don't want to know. I don't I don't want to even see that. It's it's powerful. Well, it, it's mainly talking about the cursings and and the blasphemies and and, and accusations that you're going to be charged. Uh, they're going to try to put on you mm -hmm. and everything once you're in hell. Yeah. Except though you didn't know it. Yeah. But you'll be tormented about it for the rest of your life. Kind of relates to what they was trying to do with Jesus, calling him blasphemy and charging him with things that he'd never even done, or you know, they tried to accuse him of things. He's talking about Jesus. We're not to be ashamed of his testimony. Jesus ain't hard to get. Amen. <laughs> no. I, I, I watched a little <coughs> series the other day, and this this real pretty lady on there, and, and uh, she was trying to play these two men. And playing hard to get. Mm. Well, Jesus ain't that way. He's nope. not hard to get. All nope. you got to do is seek him. Yep. And you'll find him. Amen? Look for him. So I also wrote down 11. <laughs> Verse 11 says that if we die, tells us if we die with him in our hearts, then we will live with him in eternity. Right. So also wrote down again why does Christians why as Christians do we fear man over God he is still powerful listen he is still powerful yeah. not just he was powerful but he's still powerful and I went back and I said I wrote down and I said just look at Martin's preaching that could have never happened if it wasn't God with him Remember, Gary Snow said, I see some new faces in here. You know where the new faces come from? From him. Oh, Martin. Yeah, exactly. He seeked them out. you see how much Martin smiled when he looked back there yep. and seen them? Yeah. He was tickled to death. Amen. That was being an evangelist. Amen. That was being an evangelist. <laughs> so, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I wrote down verse 3. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So, we have to endure the hardness, the hardship, the bad times to be a true soldier. So, I'm going to put this as, let's see. Alright, so say you have an army. The army goes to battle. They lose you know, a couple men. Well, they had to endure the hardship from that battle. Even though they could have win, won or lost, they still had to endure hardship fighting through the battle, no matter what the outcome was to, was to be. That's how we need to be. No matter what the outcome is, we still need to be fighting for him and for his glory. So... I feel like that's part of being an evangelist. You have to keep enduring whatever faces you. And I've heard preaching before, and this might have been during the uh, uh, revival services and stuff, but basically, let's see, what I'm trying to word it right so I don't tell y'all wrong. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. Anyways, you have to endure the hardship before you can be a, a true soldier, a true follower. And then I wrote down, how close are you to him? 
so, so are you on the front line right next to him? He's, I mean, he's your sergeant. He's in command. He's right in the front. He's leading us to the battle. Are we right there on the front line or are we way in the back saying, Lord, help me. I can't get up. I've fallen. I've fallen. They're defeating me from behind. They came from behind stabbing me. Are you going to be like that? Are you going to fall short? Are you going to be right there on his toes, right there on his heels following him and letting him lead you in the way that you need to be led? That's how, that's how we need to be. I mean, we have to be on that front line. We can't fall short. We can't fall back. We can't take a step back. There is no room for failure. We have to keep moving on. I mean, that, it, as the time draws nigh, we need to be as close as we can get to him. So some encouragement words and some stepping on your toes. You go to those people. This is the stepping on your toes. You go to those people, not them come to you. Because that's not how it works. That's not how a missionary is. That's not how an evangelist is. We go to them. So go to them. No matter what the fear is, you I mean, 365, that's once per day, right? Fear not. Keep going. Fear not. All right, so I also was listening to uh, CT's message. I don't know when it was, but it was one of his messages, and I'm telling you what, it struck some heartstrings because I, I was crying going down the road and praising God at the yeah. same time. It was good, and I, I just felt the Holy Ghost, you know, was right there with me. He was right in my heart, and I could feel him, and I just love when that happens, yeah. but he was talking about goals and stuff. So, God has a set goal for you, does he not? And see, he'll, he'll make you have goals or put goals in your life that's so much higher than you ever will imagine that whenever you reach that goal and you get there, all you can say is, God did it. He's the one that brought me out of it. So, God's going to set your goals higher than you can imagine. So whenever you come and reach those goals, just thank him for what he's already accomplished. And who knows, he might set goals even higher than that. CT was talking about his church, and when they first started or whatever, his church didn't have good lights or equipment or cameras or anything like that. And he was praying to God and saying, hey, you know, we need these things for the church, and this is... What's going to take place? Well, a guy came up to him and wrote him a check for way more than what the equipment cost. Yeah. And that was because he was seeking God in that time to let him do his will and not his own. Yeah. So if God's calling you to do something, don't run away from it. Endure it. Face it head on. And... A sure way that you can tell if God's calling you to do something or it's just yourself is if you even try to run away from it and you try and run away and you can't run away from it, that's one sure sign that he's calling you to do something because that's what happened to me. <laughs> I couldn't run from it. You can't. Yeah. So another thing CT said was if God's calling you to do something, you'll never forget it. It will always be on your mind. It will always be on your mind. 
and he was talking about how whenever he was, you know, thinking God was, you know, calling them to preach and God was calling them to preach, he kept asking the question, well, how do you know you're called? And did I not ask you that same exact question? And I was like, man, that's just so relatable. But God's good, and he, he will lead you to where you need to be led. Just allow it. Just let him lead you. That's right. Very good, Captain. Very good. That's all I got. Y'all probably glad it's over. <laughs> okay. Well, I've, we've uh, had a good night here tonight. We thank Caleb for the word. We thank uh, everybody. <laughs> we just want to uh, thank God for the word. And... Um, so let's come tonight. We've got a lot of prayer requests, and let's pray, okay? So let's go pray. <laughs>